Well, good morning. Again, welcome, as we heard. I'm blessed to be here thus far. It's just been a good time of worship experience. So far, thank you for all who have taken your part. Continue to press on and just to worship the Lord in the spirit of holiness. Today is the last day of 2023. At midnight tonight, we're going to usher in a new year. As they say this time of the year, out with the old and in with the new. We get a new calendar, a new year to experience what God has in store for us. I, I checked the church calendar, and there are no birthdays today. So unless you were born this year, which uh, there's a few that were, you turned a year older in 2023. The subject of older is uh, more humorous to some people than to others, but nonetheless, unless you were born this year, you turned a year older. Do you ever think about retirement? Sorry, farmers, no retirement for you guys. <clears throat> at, at what age? Don't answer. What then? Recently talking to a man who was retired, I, if I remember correctly, lower 60s, just returned home from a two-week hunting trip, and I had met him that morning, and he of course I heard he, he told me he's retired, and he said, yeah, I have no plan for the day. I, I don't know what I'm going to do today. And I kind of pitied him. The question is, is that retirement? No work and nothing to do. Let's put that question aside. I got another one. Is there an age to retire from working for the Lord? Oh, now we switch gears just a tad. Can I say... I put in a good number of years. I'm now I'm going to relax and let the younger generation take their part. Turn to Psalm 71, please. We're going to go there for this morning. What we have in Psalm 71 is Psalm that David wrote when he was up in years. Some think that it was penned during the time of Absalom's rebellion, his own son there. But nonetheless, during a time, there was a great trial in his life. And thinking along the lines of your, what your, your thoughts at the moment, one thing I want you to notice, a key point in this psalm, and yes, David was an older man, but jump down to verse 18 and notice his commitment to working for the Lord. Now that I, when I am old and gray-headed, and that age varies drastically, he says this, O God, forsake me not until I have showed thy strength unto this generation and thy power to everyone that is to come. Did he say, God, you know what? I'm up in age. I'm finished. I'm done. Have at it. No. We see what he said there. He makes it clear that he's not as young as he used to be. That's obvious. But then he clearly states he's not willing to sit idle. And to watch while others do work in God's kingdom. Instead, we see his plea, God, don't forget about me. Almost comes across as a desperate cry. God, allow me to build your kingdom. I'm not done yet. I'm not finished yet. Yes, my hair has turned colors. But I'm not done yet. Allow me to continue to work for you. Please let me witness to as many as I meet. Is that what you said yesterday 
basic, he's asking God to continue to use him even though his age may be an elevated number. And I trust that's our desire today. Lord, as long as I am able, I am committed to serve. And that's our title for the message this morning, Committed to Serve. Committed to serve. As long as I am able, Lord, please allow me to spread the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Allow me to continue to minister as what our Sunday school teacher would teach us this morning. We're all called to help others. Are we doing our part? Maybe it's our society that thinks, well, I turn the age, fill in the blank, and then I can go back. Headed for the lazy boy. David says, he's probably, he was at that age quite obviously. He said, no, nope, God, hang on. Don't forsake me. Allow me to continue on. But we could ask the question, how did David get to this point in his life? And we could spend all morning going back on the history of David. We're going to touch on it briefly. But how did he get to this point? Verse 1, in thee, O Lord, do I put my trust. You know, trusting the Lord is the basic foundation for the Christian life. That's just where it all starts. I, I hope no, no, there's none here this morning that are saying, you know what, I can handle this life on my own because you're going to fall. But when you're here this morning, you say, I'm going to trust in the Lord for today and tomorrow and for the future. You're going to live in victory because you're placing your trust in a firm foundation, which is Jesus Christ. There are three points for the message this morning. I will trust, I will praise, and I will serve. I'm going to read Psalm 71. It is about 24 verses, but you can follow along. Psalm 71. Again, David writing this when he was up in age and also during a time when his son was rebelling against him. In thee, O Lord, do I put my trust. Let me never be put to confusion. Deliver me in thy righteousness and cause me to escape. Incline thine ear unto me and save me. Be thou my strong habitation whereunto I, I continually resort. Thou hast given, com given commandment to save me, for thou art my rock and my fortress. Deliver me, O God, out of the hand of the wicked, out of the hand of the unrighteous and the cruel man. For thou art my hope, O Lord, God, thou art my trust from my youth. By thee have I been holding up from the womb. Thou art he that took me out of my mother's bowels. My praise shall continually be, uh, shall be continually of thee. I am a wonder unto many, but thou art my strong refuge. Let my mouth be filled with thy praise and thy honor all the day. Verse 9 is similar to verse 18. Cast me not off in the time of old age. Forsake me not when my strength faileth. For my enemies speak against me, and they lay wait for my soul to take counsel together, saying, God has forsaken him. Persecute him and take him, for there is none to deliver him. O God, be not far from me, O my God. Make haste for my help. Let them be confounded and consumed. They are adversaries to my soul. Let them be covered with reproach and dishonor that seek my hurt. But I will hope continually, and yet will I praise thee more and more. My mouth shall show forth thy righteousness and thy salvation all the day, for I know not the number thereof. I will go in the strength of, of the Lord God. I will make mention of thy righteousness, even thine only. O God, thou hast taught me from my youth, and hitherto have I declared all have I declared thy wondrous works. Now also, when I am old and gray-headed, O God, forsake me not until I have showed thy strength unto this generation and thy power to everyone that is to come. Thy righteousness also, O God, is very high, who has done great things. O God, who is like unto you, unto thee? Thou, thou which hast showed me great and sore troubles shall quicken me again. 
and shall bring me up again from the depths of the earth. Thou shalt increase my greatness and comfort me on every side. I will also praise thee with psaltery, even with truth. O my God, unto thee will I sing with a harp, O thou holy one of Israel. My lips shall greatly rejoice when I sing unto thee, and my soul which thou hast redeemed. My tongue also shall talk of thy righteousness all the day long, for they are confounded that brought unto that they are brought unto shame that seek my hurt. <clears throat> David saying, to sum it up, he's saying, I'm not quite done, God. Continue to use me. So how did David get to this point in his life? Step one is to place your trust in the Lord. The promises of salvation are made to those who are willing to renounce all the confidence in the world and to place their trust in God and God alone. God is there for those who will do exactly that, place their trust in him. You may have heard the saying, why worry when you can pray? You know, prayer is a sign of trust. You're facing something in your life, as David was here, and what do you do? Run around trying to figure it out? No, calmly spend time in prayer. Prayer reveals the, the depth of your relationship with God and your desire just to cast your cares before him. You know, instead of praying, our enemy wish, would Rather, we would worry and fear. That's, if, if you're uh, prone to do that, maybe that's the enemy speaking into your life. Just don't pray. Just go worry and fear about it. But God is saying, just trust me. John Clobens, in, uh, it was in the last Keystone newsletter, I quote, A biblical antidote to anxiety is trust. And living in a time when that word anxiety is used maybe quite often, the remedy for that is trust. Well, there will be things in life that are going to cause us to cause concern, but God's there for us and saying, just a trust. Then I had to think about the account of uh, Peter when he was walking on the water, and the question there could be asked, why sink when you can walk on water? Why sink and drown in despair when the option to trust is presented? You know, what did Peter do? We know the story well. Peter took his eyes off the Lord, and he began to sink. A lesson for us as well. But back to David here, according to verse 4, he was going through a stressful, trying time in his life. And he turned to the Lord for, for protection. He says, don't put me to shame. He asked the Lord for an escape route in verse 2, literally begging for deliverance. And then he tells us who God is to him, what God means to him in verse 3. You're my, my strong habitation. You know, picture a, a castle with a, a moat out around it, a safe place to dwell, a place free from the enemy. And that's who God was to David. He calls him uh, my rock, that we have a stronghold, a place of, of complete security. And then we have a, uh, my fortress. You know, picture a, a strong fort up on top of a hill. Ever been to Grenada? You've seen a number of those. A place where you can look down the hill and you can see when the enemy is approaching. And again, a safe place to dwell. And that's who uh, God was to David. Thou art my rock and my fortress. He moves on in verse 5. You are my hope and my trust. David knew where to go. And not as a last resort. Uh, that's another thing I want to encourage you as you... Uh, Oppress on through your life. Don't just uh, try to blow through on your own, but go to the Lord as right away. He's not, David wasn't trying, was, was facing a trying time and cried out to the Lord. Verse 5, my hope, Lord, you're the one that I long for. 
That's just how we approach life, situations in life. You are my trust from my youth. There we have a picture of a, long, a lifelong trust in the Lord. You know, let's go back many years. Uh, have we trusted the Lord to bring us where we're at today? I'm sure many of you, myself included, we can look at situations that happened many years ago. And we, the Lord directed it one way or the other. And then you see where you're at today and you think, oh, thank you, Lord, for not allowing me to go the wrong way back then. Are we putting our trust in the Lord? What we see here thus far in David is trust and confidence. You know, David said, I'm not going to try to, play, uh, to handle this on my own. Instead, he placed everything in the Lord's hands. Yes, we live in a time when anxiety is all around us and we have to be careful. But let's just calmly uh, follow David's footsteps here for a little bit and place our situations in his hands. I think it's a lesson that we can learn. I believe today we're living in a time when men resort to Dr. Dr. Google for answers to their problems, when the the church today is called to place our trust and confidence in the Lord. Back to verse 1, I will put my trust in the Lord. Can we say that confidently? Many are facing some big things. For example, Zach and Ruth Ann, it's quite a, a change in their life. And uh, pray with them as well. There's some uncertainty, some unknowns, but that's just all, along with them, put our trust in the Lord. We uh, may not know what, what 2024 holds, but we know who holds the future, and we have nothing to fear, but we need to do our part, and that is trust in the Lord. A quote from uh, Corey Tan Boone, never be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God. So is your future unknown? Absolutely. So is mine. We don't know what tomorrow holds. Let's not be afraid just to trust tomorrow and the future into God's hands. God, I don't know, but guess what, God? You do, and you will help me through. I also like Philippians 4, 6 6 and 7. Be careful for nothing. That careful is anxious about. And then you stop and you say, God, you know what I'm facing? But he's saying, be careful, anxious about nothing, okay? What's next, God? But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, be thankful for whatever we're facing, let your requests be known unto God. Now, here we, we are serving a God who knows everything, right? But we're serving a God who's asking you and I, just tell me what you're facing. Tell me what you're going through. And we know that he's big enough to take care of whatever we are facing. The next verse, and a peace of God which passes all understanding, familiar to each one of us, shall keep your hearts and minds through, through Christ Jesus. The Christian is not to run around frantically trying to figure out how, how to uh, cope with what they're, they're dealing with, but we are just to simply trust in God. Why worry when the Lord is nearby? A few weeks ago, December 10, the Sunday School lesson was titled, At a Wedding and in the Temple, and such a beautiful Sunday school lesson, but uh, Mary, the mother of Jesus, was at this wedding, as well as Jesus and his disciples, and Mary comes over to Jesus and says, you know, they're out of wine, and Jesus in a kindly informs his mother that that issue is not our problem, mom. Okay, so Mary knew that Jesus was the son of God, at least the angel had told her that back in, in Luke 1, and up to this point, Jesus had not performed any miracles that Mary had seen. But she gives us such a clear picture of of her trust in the power and ability of Jesus Christ. 
Jesus had just said in reference to lack of wine, in, in other words, not our problem. We're not the wedding coordinators here. We're just simply the guests. And, but her, his answer, if someone would talk like that to you, you'd probably say, okay, well, we're let this situation alone. But his answer didn't cause her, her trust to waver at all. In the, the very next verse, Mary turns to the servants. So Jesus is most likely standing right there. And Jesus said, uh, sorry, Mary, it's not our problem. And, Jesus, and Mary turns to the servants and says, you know, guys, whatever he tells you to do, just go ahead and do it. And up to this point, Jesus didn't even say he was going to say anything. How did Mary know he was going to say anything? But she says, whatever he tells you to do, do it. And so how does our faith or our trust measure up when compared to her faith? Whatever he tells you to do, do it. You know, may I encourage us to expect the unexpected when Jesus is nearby. The faith that Mary had was, was quite amazing. And here in Psalm 71, we see David placing his problem in Jesus' hands, in the Lord's hands. And Mary did the same in John 2. But may we add our name to that list in 2024. Lord, I will place my trust in you and do as you tell me to do. And Jesus calmly said, uh, gentlemen, go ahead and fill the, the water pots with, with water. And we're not going to go there because that didn't make a whole lot of sense either. But the difference is that Jesus was there. And my, my, my call and it, this morning is just put your trust in the Lord. I'm not going to say he's going to turn water into wine because we don't need that. But he will take care of the situation that you are facing. Psalm 56.3, when I am afraid, I will trust in thee. It does not say when I'm afraid I will run around frantically trying to figure out my problem. No, I will trust in the obedient, unwavering trust in the master. Can that be said about us the rest of this year and into the, the following? Point number two is I will praise. We get to verse six, and David reflects back on his, on his life. And he's aware that God was with him from birth. God, you are with me the whole way through. So God is the circle where praise should begin, where praise should continue, and praise should endlessly revolve because in him we move and live and have our being. Are we praising God for what he is bringing us through? Again, I repeat, we can look back on life and recognize, you know, God, you delivered me from that. You brought me through that. I also believe there are times that we'd be delivered from stuff we're not even aware of, especially when we're driving. You know, we don't know what we were just spared from, but God is watching over us. Are we praising him for everything he brought us through and delivered us from? In verse 7, uh, David tells us, you know, he's a wonder to many. And many people, even today, we marvel at his life experiences. How he, the slain of the lion and the bear, conquering the Philistine, escaping the anger of Saul, and being raised to the, the king of Israel. But David takes no credit for himself. Instead, he gives all the glory to God. You know, God, my experiences and all the wonders that I went through are a reference of what you have done for me. It's, a, it's pointing back to, to your power and to your grace. God, I know I've been delivered from a lot, but you are the one who brought me through. And then reaffirming the end of verse 6, he says, My praise will continually be of you. And I trust we can say that as well this morning as we go through life, just continually praising uh, God for what he has brought us through. But what a lesson we can learn from David, constantly praising God for the miracles that he has allowed in his life. You know, God used David 
in many miraculous ways, but there's not one ounce of pride in David. He directs all the praise to God. Verse 8, my mouth will be filled with your praise. Allow me to honor you all day long. Psalm 35, 28, and my tongue shall speak of thy righteousness and of thy praise all day long. I know I said it numerous times, but I'm going to say it again. We're a blessed people. Let's continue to praise God for what he has done for us, what he is doing for us, and what he will do for us. The future may seem uncertain and unknown, but God is there and will continue to be there. So may our prayer be in light of it all, God, fill our mouths with your praise. May we just be the people who are praising the Lord for what he has done for us. The small things in life, things that happen at school, at work, at home. May our whole being just praise the Lord. Instead of grumbling and complaining about whatever it may be, may we use our time and energy to praise the Lord and thank him for his goodness. And I trust that's where you are at already. A quote from Oliver uh, G. Wilson. He who sin- I quote, he who sincerely praises God will soon discover within his soul an inclination to praise goodness in his fellow man. So once we, when we are praising God, we're also going to just be thankful for our fellow man as well. Praising God, encourage our fellow man, should be an attribute that's added to our list of character traits. Are you known as an encouraging person? Do people know you as one who con- is constantly praising the Lord? We get to verse 9. We're going to come back to verse 9 and 18 as we get. That's going to be our last point. But moving on to verse 10, notice how his praise to God continues to build momentum as the prayer goes on. Verse, he tells us about the motives of his enemies. So he focuses them for a while. They're speaking evil about him, saying, God has forsaken him. Now we can finally attack him. Uh, the, the wicked can sense. They can feel and see the mighty power of God. It's quite obvious. The wicked can see that. And they're aware that God was with David throughout his life. And now they think, well, they made a mistake, but they think that uh, God had forsaken him. But David cries out in verse 12, God, please don't go away. Instead, come quickly to my aid. Cover my enemies with failure and disgrace. Then the question could be asked, what can be learned between verses 13 and 14? You go back up to, uh, to verse 8, and we see him telling God, okay, God, I will praise you with my lips all the day long. And then in verses 10 through 13, he's, he's asking for God, asking God for help. But the, I feel the focus is on himself. I need help, God. People hate me. God, I need a miracle. Take note of my issue. I need deliverance. And real quickly, nothing wrong. Well, I encourage you to ask God for help. But it appears like at the end of verse 13, David stops, maybe takes a breath, and uh, removes the focus from himself and, and back to God. Then you get to verse 14, I will hope continually, and yet will I praise thee more and more. He promised to praise God and honor him all day long in verse 8, and now his hope will be continually with God in verse 14. He's going to praise God over and over, basically saying, I expect deliverance after deliverance and blessing after blessing. I'll praise you more and more. As your blessings abound, God, so will my praise. And I'm, uh, this morning, we are, like I, re- I repeat, we're a blessed people. Are we praising God for all that he has done? Are we completely surrendered to God as David was? There are times in life, I'm convinced we might say, you know, I may not understand why I'm going through this. I don't know why you're allowing me to this valley experience. So them thoughts may come, but at a low time in our life, 
may we also say, you know, we're just not going to sway from our commitment to you, God. We need to be strong in the faith, even when God is putting us through a trial. Maybe David's thoughts were, I, I learned uh, both to hope and continually to praise you, even through the greatest trials, trials and difficulties that I, that I go through. Even though I'm struggling, God, I'm going to continue to add songs after song to the list that I have composed. I'm going to just remember to thank you for all the benefits that you have given to me. You know, the title, like I mentioned earlier, is Committed to Serve. But here we see a commitment to praise. Basically, David is saying, you know, God, regardless of what I'm facing, if I'm on the mountaintop experience or in the valley, I'm going to praise you. Because you are good, only good, and always good, as we say so many times. Do we look at God in that light? Or, do we, or are we those who, who can praise him when life is good, and then we tend to grumble when life is not? Or are we praising and thanking him daily for what he has brought us through? Verse 15, I can't count the times when you have uh, faithfully rescued me from danger. And because of your faithfulness, I will tell everyone of your daily constant care. And we go back in the Old Testament, we're in there. We go back and look at David's life and what he faced. And there's quite a lot of trials that he went through. And I think uh, when David gets to this age in his life, I think many people would uh, understand if he continued to just to cry out for deliverance. But instead, we find him giving God praise for his protection. In the midst of everything he's facing with, facing, uh, like, like I mentioned earlier, Absalom's seeking his life, and he's praising God for his protection. Then you, you stop and think about it a little bit. And, uh, the life of David has been an inspiration to many. You go back to the account of Goliath uh, there in Samuel, and David goes out to, to the the army and, and King Saul is there. We know the story. David uh, tells Saul, you know, Saul, I'll, I'll go fight the giant. David said, no, uh, Saul said, no, you, you can't go. You're too little and you're too young. First Samuel 1737, this is David's answer to Saul after Saul said, can't go. David, um, David said this, the Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion, out of the paw of the bear, he will Deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. And then a short time later, we know the story. Now the tables turn and we have David talking to Goliath in verse 45 and 46. Then David said to the Philistine, you come to me with a sword and with a spear and a shield. But I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defiled. And Get your fingers and get ready to, say, to count how many times I said, I'm going to say will here in the next verse. David speaking, and he said this. This day will the Lord deliver me into your hand. I will smite you and take your head from you. I will give your carcass to the hosts of Philistines this day, under the fowls of the air and the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Because of the trust that David had in God, he can praise God for his protection. But David's confidence in those verses is so, so amazing. He said, I will deliver you, Goliath, while they were both still alive. He said, I will smite you and remove your head, while the, Goliath was obviously still alive. David had unwavering confidence in the Lord. He said what is going to happen before it actually took place. And brothers and sisters, it's one thing to thank and praise the Lord for what happened yesterday, for things that happened after the fact. But take courage and, and confidence in the Lord and praise him for what he is about to do in your life. 
Praise Him in advance for what He is about to do in your life. Trust Him through it all and thank and praise Him for what is about to come. Uh, may verse 16 be our prayer as well. I will go in the strength of the Lord. I will make mention of their righteousness, even thine only. I will walk in your strength, Lord. I will tell everyone that you alone are just and good. David told Goliath what he will do, basically back up what God will do. May we use that verse 16 to say what we will do in 2024. Will we, are we determined and committed to go in the strength of the Lord and to be a good witness and testimony for him? The praises continue in verses 19 through the end, just telling the Lord of his, his, his power, his goodness that reaches to the highest heavens. You, Lord, have done great things. There's none other like you. Then well stated in verse 20, just with a calm and confident spirit, David acknowledges that God uh, allowed him to sink down and to endure a desperate situations. But in the same verse, he gives God credit for lifting him up. He trusted God to provide him with the comfort needed to press forward. In verse 21, he returns to praise God again for his goodness. David promises to praise God with music, telling others about the faithfulness of God. Singing praises God for his redemption. Uses, using the energy God provides to tell people about the righteousness found in the Lord. For all who tried to hurt him uh, have been conquered. His, his prayer was answered as we see there. As we step tomorrow morning, as we step into 2024, are you willing, are you going to say, you know, this, I will trust the Lord and I will appraise him. Verse, uh, the third point, I will serve. Back to verse 9 and 18 again. Cast me not off in the time of old age. Forsake me not when my strength faileth. Forsake me not until I've showed thy strength unto this generation and thy power to everyone that is to come. Is there an age to retire from working for the Lord? I think we, we know the answer there. But back in verse 9, David seems quite concerned that God was going to place him on the old shelf, if I can say that, and forget about him. But his cry was to God, God, cast me not off, forsake me not. He admits his strength was not what it used to be. He's not the young man who could go out and conquer the tall mountains, but he's not willing to sit idle and watch others do the work. Maybe some of you uh, remember uh, John Brubaker served in Grenada for a while on Dolly Branch, actually a number of years. If you remember him, he was a, a short man, and many some of the Grenadians nicknamed him Pastor Zacchaeus because he was so short. And one of his favorite songs was Little as Much When God is in It. And I think he liked that song because he was little and admitted that. But he was content to go about taking care of the little things for God. Maybe that's where David found himself in his older years. Content to do the small things for the kingdom, but refusing to sit back and watch. What can we learn as we look at this? What can we learn? Maybe we could say, you know, Lord, one day at a time. I trust that's where we are at. We'll face today what today brings us and tomorrow what tomorrow brings us. But also we could say, Lord... Help me remain faithful unto the end. Help me to remain faithful unto the end. Lord, allow me to do what I can, regardless of how small it may be. 
So God may call you to do some small things. Just be faithful wherever he calls you. Colossians 3.17, And whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. But back in, uh, to verse 18, God, don't forget about me. God, allow me to inform this generation and their children about your mighty miracles. Some people say that uh, wisdom comes with age, whether that's true or not. It's one thing. One thing we do know, the older you get, the more life experiences you have. And the more stories you have to pass on to the coming generation. Tell your children, tell your grandchildren about the goodness of God, about the time the Lord showed his strength and power in your life. Pass on his goodness, the valuable lessons that you've learned, the trials and tests he allowed you to endure. Remind your families how the Lord provided at the correct time and how different it would have been if you would have handled it on your own. You go back to David and you look at verse 18, and I believe, I think, many people uh, today would have thought at this point in his life, David ought to be able to retire and relax. Clearly, kick back and live out the rest of his days in ease and comfort. But retiring was not an option for, God, for David. The fact is, we do not retire from serving the Lord. The fact is, we do not retire from serving the Lord. When we ask the Lord to keep us, help us to remain faithful to the end, that's to the end. Or we're going to remain faithful to the end. Um, John Harrison has cancer. And someone asked him uh, for some words of wisdom, what he has to say, or what he wishes here in his end days. And he said that I can remain faithful to the end. Is, did he pass yet? I don't think so. But is that your desire as well? Lord, that I can remain faithful to the end. We all have goals and desires, things we want to do, but can we remain faithful unto the end? Maybe like David, be like David, determined to serve, determined to serve, committed to serve, and faithful as long as we can. Well, one thing we have to keep in mind, that the enemy is not going to leave us alone just because our age is increasing. Instead, the attacks could increase. And certainly as we age, weaknesses, some things plague us like we haven't done it before. But may we, like the psalmist, remember that our faith cannot be one of those things that weakens. Instead, our faith needs to strengthen. Starting today and pressing forward, just continue to go stronger in the faith. Sure, the psalmist uh, begs that God does not forsake him in his older years, but you also see, on the other hand, he, that David refuses to forsake God in his old, in his, when he get, as he's getting older, even though the enemy attacks continue. May we never forget the fight of our faith continues. The fight of our faith continues. We need to press on. In the Lord's army, there's no retirement for older men, for older women at that matter. We need to press on faithfully. So, wrapping up here, in, in, a, in a few hours, we're going to close the door on 23 and open the door into the new year. We cannot go back in 23 and make changes to what happened or what we did, but we can commit our lives to a closer walk with the Lord in 2024. When you make that commitment, that like David did, I'm just committed to serve. Yes, order, we are all getting there, but committed to serve. Verse 1, I will put my trust in the Lord. Verse 8, my mouth will be filled with the praise for the Lord. Verse 18, I will proclaim the goodness of the Lord to the coming generation. 
What a commitment. That's where David was. Will you find yourself there? I, serve, I will serve the Lord faithfully as long as he gives me life. My faith will not waver. My faith will grow stronger. Lord, here I am. Please don't forget about me, but use me. Why? Because I will praise, I will trust, and I will serve. Let's pray. Lord, we come before you this morning. Just grateful, thankful hearts. And I pray, Lord, that each one here this morning have that commitment, that desire just to be faithful to you and to serve you as long as you give us health and strength. Help us to take the lesson from David here. Let's just apply it to our lives and remain faithful unto the end, whatever, whenever that may be, God. Thank you, Lord, for bringing us through this year. And I pray you just give us, bless us in the coming year. But, Lord, most importantly, may we all make that commitment just to serve you wherever you've called. It might be small things. It might be large. But, Lord, whatever it is, may we just be faithful to you. Thank you for your blessings. Continue to be with us, we pray in your name. Amen.